It's time for another episode of The True Podcast. An unfiltered podcast that is about life lessons and issues that impact our daily lives. Here is your host, Ryan Dement. Hey guys, Ryan Dement. Hope you guys are having a great day. Today's true topics. Inflation, quote-unquote CPI. Millennials' biggest regrets in purchasing a home during the pandemic and cars, cars, cars. Hope you guys are having a great day. I I know uh, it's a little crazy out there. There's the variant going on. The housing market is crazy. It's all over the place. Um, Things are costing more and there's just a lot of craziness going on in the world. Be safe. Uh, Always be yourself and and just make sure that you're taking care of your loved ones and, and enjoy life. Go out and experience life and, you know, don't miss out on things. But let's get to the true topics. Number one, consumer price index came out today hot in June at 0.9 versus 0.5, which got the overall number to 5.4, which they're saying is the highest since August 2008 per CNBC. I'll link it in the show notes. If you're stripping out uh, the cost of food and energy prices, gas, CPI rose to 4.5, which it's also the highest it's ever been since September of 1991. I don't know about you guys, but I'm starting to see a lot more items that I purchase on a daily basis going up in price. I'm a huge Costco fan and buying meat there. I've already started to see that creep up, seeing it creep up in eggs in dairy product. Yes, I do eat cheese. Oh, no. Um, and then gas, I mean, gas has been up, uh, compared to last year, almost 40 cents. And I know there was a pandemic last year, less people driving, but there's a lot of stuff going on underneath this market that we're not talking about, you know, and and I've, I've talked about it a lot. I've, I've continued to say things about it, but the housing market is is hot it's it's overheated and i found an article uh and i'll link it also in the show notes like always where it's labeled as home buyers continue to drop out of housing market amid competition and it's that great old fomo is out there fear of missing out people are tired of paying these astronomical prices for a house a median home priced in the United States today, continental United States, is $372,000. A lot of people can't afford that. So we're pricing out a lot of people in the market that want to buy a home, but they're stuck renting because they can't afford it. Now, in some markets, don't get me wrong, you could be making $40,000 a year and you can buy a house. And is it going to be the prettiest house? Probably not. It's going to be a fixer-upper. Or it could be a nice small little house that's all ready to go. Each market is different. But at the end of the day, $40,000 in New York City or uh, Los Angeles or Chicago, you're not going to be able to buy a house. And that's just downright crappy. Everybody should have the ability to buy a home. I know the old adage, it's the American dream. And I know some generations don't see it that way. But at the end of the day, owning a home is not a bad thing. You know, people 
people think it's 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 horrible, but it's it's not. I mean, you just have to be prepared on the front end. You need to understand what it the costs are associated with owning your home, understanding what your payment is going to be on a monthly basis, getting a fixed interest rate on your mortgage versus an adjustable or an interest only, and then also having enough for down payment on the front end and making sure you have enough for closing costs. There's just a lot of things that go into buying a home. And if you educate yourself and you take the time to be able to uh, learn about the home buying process and educate, buying a home and owning a home is not a bad thing. It's not a four-letter word. It's actually a positive thing. You can make money off your home, just like the house across the street from me. The owner sold it in 45 days and made almost $100,000. Now that is highly unusual with crazy how the crazy market is here in Phoenix. But at the end of the day, if you're in a in a house, you know, five to eight years, ten years, you know, if you make sixty, seventy thousand dollars or more, I mean that's pretty nice. I mean, is it a is it a lot of money if you break it down by year? No. But it's still money that comes back in your pocket. It's more money than you had before. I mean being thankful for those things is is huge and being open to being a homeowner is is something that we all need to look at. I'm not saying now the market is too crazy. I would I wouldn't tell you in, unless you found a a regional home builder or somebody that can help you buy a home and get down payment assistance to where you're getting into a home at the right price and it's not going to kill your budget to where you're going to be stressed out over a monthly payment. I would say hold off to next year, rent, keep on saving money away, pay debt off. Be debt-free. Why continue to be in debt when you have the ability to be able to pay it off over a period of time and not have to worry about owing anybody any money whatsoever? It's it's financially freeing, but it's also spiritually freeing. When you don't owe anybody any money, it allows you to make some really good decisions and let's say you have one of those jobs that you just don't like and you want to get in a better place but you want some time away well if you're strapped with following the joneses and you've got a debt load up to your eyeballs you can't quit that job you're going to be miserable and 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 not happy at all well guess what if you you don't have those bills and you've got money stashed away in an emergency fund you know six months nine months 12 months or more in emergency uh, funds there guess what you could quit that job, go find yourself a dream job, and be the happiest person you've ever been. But unfortunately, sometimes we don't do that because we don't want to do the work. Because the work is sometimes, you know, a lot harder than we think. You know, I saw, not to digress, I saw a quote last week that said, everyone wants better, but not everyone is willing to do what it takes to make it happen. I mean, that resonates with me on a daily basis. I want to I want to do better on a daily basis. Sometimes it's just really hard and it's painful. But I continue if I get kicked and I fall down, I get back up. Do I have to lick my wounds sometimes and get myself over it? Yes, I'm human just like everyone else. But at the end of the day, I always get back up and I continue to move forward and it's something we all need to do. Go after your happiness. Doesn't make you a bad person. Doesn't doesn't 
doesn't hurt you to go after what you're looking for. That's always the best thing to do. Go after what you're looking for. I know quite a bit of people in life that uh, are in their late 40s, 50s, and 60s, and they regret that they never went after what they wanted in life. Don't live with regrets. Go out and live life. It's a beautiful thing. All right, guys, next. Biggest regrets by millennial home buyers. So I thought this article was interesting. I will too link it in the show notes. But they have five. The very first one, 21% that answered this survey, underestimated the maintenance and hidden costs. Well, to me, that tells me they, they didn't do enough research on the front end to understand what type of maintenance would need to be done on the property if there was any type of major maintenance. But one of the things that I, I've been seeing uh, in many markets and talking to real estate professionals are home buyers are waiving inspections. Crazy town. Because guess what? If there's something structurally wrong, mechanically wrong, roof wrong, whatever, you're on the hook for it. You have to pay that out of your own pocket. That's tens of thousands of dollars. If you take anything away from this podcast, do not, do not pass your inspection opportunity. Get an inspection, have a licensed professional inspect the property and tell you what's going on because if you don't you're going to be costing yourself some serious money down the road all right number two 14 percent answered buying too big of a house during the pandemic is giving them buyer's remorse so to me just my humble opinion they overspent and they're paying a, a significant amount of their monthly income towards their mortgage. And depending on what type of mortgage they got, I don't know. It could be fixed. It could be interest only. It could be um, an, uh, an arm. I don't know. But typically, if you overbuy a house and it's too big, that tells me that your mortgage payment's too big and now you're stressing about it. That's not a fun way to go about this, guys. Don't be emotionally attached to the actual buying process. Love the house because you got to live there. I don't. I get that. I get that. But emotionally attached to the finances is the worst thing you can do for yourself because ultimately, it's just going to get you in a bad position because you're not going to be able to afford the monthly payment which ultimately will then you'll have to sell the property and God forbid if you ever had to be foreclosed upon or do a deed in lieu. Not cool, not happy. Just don't overspend. Stay within your budget. Number three, 14% also answered too small of a house. So these people, you know, wanted to make sure that they didn't overspend and they went the opposite direction. Well, you undershot. Well, that's better than overshooting. But here's the cool thing about this. After several years of living in this house, they can go find another house 
and turn it into a rental property and become a landlord and start making money that way. Or they can sell it outright, make a few bucks, and go on to their next house and make a bigger, uh, get a bigger house and not be hampered by a mortgage payment on a monthly basis. i rather buy too small of a house than too big of a house, knowing that that mortgage payment will uh, give me some angina at night if I'm having to worry about making that nut on a monthly basis, knowing that it's going to you know, break my budget. 13% answered, mortgage too high. So the article, you know, didn't describe everything, but I'm guessing the mortgage too high is they overspent. So it doesn't matter if they bought a small home or a big home, they just overspent in general. So that means they probably were in a bidding war. They probably waived their inspection fee uh, and they over they they gave a an offer that's over the asking price and got emotionally attached to the finances to the financials which means they bought something they really can't afford which is not good but that's the market we're in today but you being an educated buyer will know when you go into something if it doesn't fit your budget you move forward you go on to something else. Sticking to your budget is is probably a very hard thing to do in this market. But in the end, it'll be a benefit to you and you won't have a problem sleeping at night. You'll be able to put your head down on that pillow and go to sleep and not worry about that. So you might have to rent a little bit longer. Okay, so the positive out of that you get to put more money away for a down payment. So maybe you come up with more than 20%. And then the other thing is, if you have some debt, it gives you some more time to pay down debt. Why not just get rid of as much debt as you possibly can before you buy a house? It's one less thing you have to worry about, one less thing that's going to keep you up at night. Debt isn't your friend. And I know we can have a whole podcast on this, but unfortunately, our society has created debt as your friend and the only the the only thing debt is when it comes to being friendly is to your lender because they're making a killing off of the interest rate that they're charging you whether it be credit card personal loans student loans uh whatever else that there's whatever whatever excuse me whatever else is out there it just it just doesn't work I know there's a place and time for debt. I'm not saying not getting a, a mortgage is bad, but why need a credit card when you can pay cash? Pretty much all the debit cards today have Visa or, or MasterCard logos on them and they're accepted everywhere. Everywhere you travel, they accept it. What do you need a credit card for? You need those points? I saw an article, I don't know, four months ago, six months ago, where they said, uh, prior to the pandemic, on an average year, three and a half billion miles or points are lost with people's credit cards on, on an annual basis from the rewards credit cards that they die to have and use and travel and blah, blah, blah. In the pandemic, take a guess, almost 10 billion went by the wayside. I don't know about you, 10 billion is a lot. And 
think about all the charges that people put on their cards to get those miles and then let them expire. So your lender or your creditor is winning out twice, charging you interest rate, making money on you there, and then you not using those miles, they cash in because they have to leave those dollars in reserve so they can actually pay for those items that you buy with those points. Someone's got to pay for those dollars somehow. So guess what? That's more money's money back in the banker's pockets. Why continue to feed that machine when you can feed your own machine? Think about what you could do with that money. What could you do with that money? Could you save it? Put it in a 401k? Put it in a self-directed IRA and direct your investments to gold or real estate or real estate notes or the market, whatever. Anything that'll make you money instead of taking it out of your pocket. Why have somebody putting their hand in your pocket when you could be putting money in your pocket? And the last thing that 12% of millennials had remorse about buying a home, not getting the best mortgage rate. So in my humble opinion again, these buyers did not shop around. They were so eager to buy a house, fell in love with it, got approved by whoever recommended somebody and only got one person said, oh, that's good and done. <clears throat> and then did their thing instead of shopping around rates and going through that whole process. When I bought my house uh, earlier this year, which we were in an 18-month cycle of buying, and it was just a built home, that's it, because of COVID, I went to four lenders before I settled on the last lender, and it was a referral from uh, a very close person to me. And um, it took some time to get things right, but I was out there making sure that... I got the best rate I possibly could with the right terms. And I'm thankful that, you know, I'm I'm smart enough to to look into these things and want to to make sure that I got the best that I could possibly get for myself uh when buying this house. You know, I got a I got a 2.75 interest rate. Is it good? Yeah, I think it's good. It was what the prevailing market was at the time, you know, with my my credit score. But at the end of the day, the payment has to work for my budget and the payment does work for my budget and putting the right amount of money down. Um, and we're benefiting from this marketplace because we bought this home in the twos and this builder is now selling these same houses in the mid threes, almost fours. So if I really wanted to, I could cash out and refi and get a few dollars out. And I'm like, no. I'm not going to do that, but I don't think I can refi to get a lower interest rate because there's nothing lower right now, especially with inflation on uh, the horizon coming up quick. There's nothing I can do there. So I'm at 2.75. I'll stick it out, see what happens, ride this out, and we'll keep going. All right, guys. And then the last topic, cars, cars, cars. Man, a lot of people went out buying cars in the used car market especially 
you know, and I read an article and I'll link it in the show notes that used car prices on the retail side that you and I pay were up almost 30% in the month of April. May, they came down to like 20%. And then in June, they're actually at like 10%. So they're coming back down because the chip market that was causing this shortage on the new car side is getting itself worked out from a logistics standpoint. So now the demand for used cars is waning and now people are moving into the new car market and starting to push on that since they now know there's chips available. So I'm going to be curious to see what actually happens on that front. I'm guessing with the the demand going up, I don't know if the supply is going to keep going and keep up with that demand. So prices will increase there. So if you bought a used car during the pandemic in the last several months, it is what it is. I get it. You wanted to go out and buy one, but man, we've got to educate ourselves as a, as a, as buyers and consumers. And, you know, one of the things that I talked about and I continue to talk about is lumber. The lumber market is just gone crazy. It's still almost double what it was prior uh, to the pandemic. Uh, Let me look right now. Let's see what we're at. Um, Let's see. We're at 600. It closed today at $649.90 per 1,000 board feet. So prior to the pandemic, we were $484.20. Experts are saying that we won't get back to that range. We'll probably stay in the six to 700 range for the foreseeable future. We'll have a bounce uh, in September because that's when building demand will come along again and then we'll bounce back down and, and kind of stay in that 700 range. We've been kind of holding off on new home builds just because of this reason wise because prices got so astronomically high. So now we're at a point that's somewhat reasonable to where it's not going to cost, you know, $15,000 extra to build a house, which as everyone knows, we're in the affordable housing space. Every dollar that we have to pass on to the buyer increases that and makes the house not affordable. So we're going to start kicking this off and get it going. But the thing that I wanted to tell you guys, whether it be cars or lumber, um, buying a house or whatever, the emotional aspect that comes into that play is huge. And if you let the emotional aspect take over and you just buy it just because more than likely there's going to be some remorse down the road that you're going to go, Oh crap, I shouldn't have bought it. And now you're stuck with it. And then it, and then breaking your budget and, and causing undue stress, just not, it's just not worth it. Um, I know we're, I know we want things and we don't want to wait for them. I'm with you. I'm all about that. But at the same time, when it comes to financial finances and, and being savvy, I, I just don't want to get strapped into a payment that I don't need or I don't want. I, I think about how much money can I save on a monthly basis and I can go do something with that. 
Or can I save up over a period of time and get whatever I'm looking to buy um, over a longer period of time, but still get it, but pay cash for it? It's just a different way to look at things, guys. It doesn't, you know... I'm all about open open thought and, and, and being open to everyone's opinion. But sometimes we, we have to kind of look at, step back and look at things and say, wow, this is not right. And we need to do something about it. And, and that's kind of how the housing market's been, the car market's been, the lumber market's been. Now inflation is starting to kick up. There's some underlying tones here that are happening with the economy and we're not really talking about it. And we're not saying, oh, man, things are changing. What's going on? Why aren't we having like a real open discussion about what's going on? Instead of just saying that it's this or that or whatever the case is, uh, pointing fingers. I mean, it's just it's just some of the stuff is dumb and I don't do that. We just need to talk about how things are being impacted on our own level when it comes to our own pocketbooks our checkbooks whatever you want to say our pockets and how we can make a change because there's going to be certain things where maybe buying a car or buying a house is not in the budget right now because it's gotten so astronomically high that it'll kill your budget okay you wait for it you wait for things to cool off and you see where it happens you see where it goes you know, there's going to be there. There's going to be a time where the market will cool off, the housing market, the car market, and things will kind of start normalizing to where it brings everything back into scope for your budget, and then you can go out and buy one, and then it makes sense. Just don't let your emotions take the best of you when it comes to these types of decisions, and you don't always have to be in the mainstream to where you're doing everything that everyone's telling you to do it's okay to be a free thinker and question things and make things work for yourself that's beautiful i mean free think is great think about what you want to do and go after it all right guys 30 minutes into it i hope you guys have a great day i'll see you guys on the other side stay safe stay happy uh, healthy And make sure that you're not taking those emotions and putting them into play when you go out and buy something. Stick to your budget. Keep a level head. Talk to people about it to make bounce the idea off of people to make sure you're doing what needs to be done. And don't don't fall for for things that you don't need. Think for yourself. Make it work for you. Be safe. Be happy. I'll see you guys on the other side.